This podcast represents my opinion and the opinion of my guests. This is not medical advice, and I am not establishing a patient-physician relationship with any listener. The content here should not be taken as medical advice. The content here is for informational purposes only. And because each patient is so unique, please consult your healthcare professional for any medical questions you may have. for another episode of the Not Your Doc podcast. I'm Vanessa, and we're back again with Dr. Tadros. How's it going, Dr. Tadros? Very well. Happy um, New Year. Yeah. We're um, we're definitely going to bring a topic today that is going to be appropriate for the upcoming season. Maybe not appropriate for today's weather in early January, but... Um, you know, going into the springtime when more people are going to be doing things on or near water... Um, we're going to be talking about water safety and drowning. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a really important topic to Dr. Tadros personally, and he'll he'll share all about that for us. But coincidentally, b- both of our first jobs when we were teenagers was as pool lifeguards. That's right. Um, and I'm sure there are some people listening today that have been lifeguards before as well. And we certainly remember the training and. You know, not just about, uh, you know, rescue and safety, but also I think that was the first time where I was really confronted with the realities of how easy it is to get in trouble Mm -hmm. around water. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think kind of underestimating the risk in some of those situations is really um, what leads to a lot of danger. Um, Because all kinds of situations that you think are pretty innocuous and low risk can be potential drowning events when you're around water. It just is how it is. Um, and unfortunately, drownings are still a leading cause of accidental injury and death in the United States. That's right. So um, before we dive into this more, Dr. Chadros, can you explain to us why people in general are are so prone to getting in over their heads? Like, pun intended, <laughs> when it comes to water. It is the main issue... Jumping into the pool less than 30 minutes after I've eaten my sandwich. Is no. that like the main risk? Right. Yeah. Everybody um, everybody has uh, those memories. Um, if you're <laughs> if you're old enough uh, that you have to wait uh, wait 30 minutes before you can get back in the pool. The idea is somehow that uh, that floating around the pool or diving under uh, water would, would cause you to puke. And then somebody would have to clean up the puke out. Is that what it was? That's, oh, I think man. that's. I think that was the main. Uh, that was the main problem. I remember my mom like making us sit out after eating like a fruit snack. Yeah. Like a couple of bites, mm-hmm. we'd have to wait to get back in. Yeah. No, that's. Uh, I think that's uh, old, old uh, uh, urban myth. Uh, okay. So that's not. That's not so much the issue. All right. Myth number one debunked. Right. Tell, tell us some facts. Uh, well, uh, there's uh, the. Drowning, and we're going to talk um, numbers here, and we're, we're going to have links. But um, it, I don't want people necessarily to memorize. I want people to get the gist, the the, the big picture. Sure. Drownings worldwide are, are about three hundred sixty thousand per year. Um, in the United States, uh, we're we're relatively fortunate. We're probably in the fourth four to five thousand uh, person uh, drowning range out of three hundred sixty thousand throughout the whole world. Um, but the unfortunate uh, problem in the United States is that. 
between ages, uh, between birth and age one and four, less than age five, it's the number one cause for deaths uh, in, in, in children, wow. less than age five. So it's the number one. After that uh, come congenital deformities, things that the babies were born with. Uh, if they had a, a bad heart, et cetera, then that's another, the second. And then the third leading is motor vehicle accident for people, for kids under five. So the, the scariest- Drowning is number one. Number one for cause kids, for death. For death. For, for kids under wow. five. Wow, okay. And it's like the second leading between like a, a cause uh, after motor vehicle accidents if you go from age five to 14. Wow. So uh, it's a, unfortunately kids uh, under 14, it's a, the number one or number two cause. And it's a, it's a pretty dramatic uh, um, um, and we think that it's, we, why we're talking today is because we hope it's preventable, mm-hmm. and it is in a lot of cases. Wow. Okay. That's that's certainly something. Um, why Why do you think uh, just we're we're so prone in general to mm-hmm. um, you know finding ourselves in these risky situations? Yeah. Uh, well, certainly for for children, there there have to be watched and and, uh, and and monitored and supervised. So certainly that's one of the issues. But for for adults, uh, for people who can make um, uh, make decisions for themselves, or older kids and adults, overestimating abilities, or overestimating uh, of how well you can swim, or mm-hmm. how well you can wade out, or how fast the water is going, or uh, or how deep something is. So overestimating. Risk-taking behaviors. Uh, so this is um, uh, anybody who thinks that uh, you know they can dive headfirst into a shallow area, sure. um, jump uh, off a cliff on a float trip. Yeah. Absolutely, race <laughs> race each other uh, off of a deck and then jump in. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, unfortunately, boys tend to have more problems in terms of uh, of of, uh, of uh, drowning deaths and d- drowning uh, that does not turn into death. Uh, but uh, so the boys on average tend to be more risk takers than, uh, than uh, girls or women. Um, so that's the other piece that we run into. Is that uh, the, the frontal lobe, the delay in frontal lobe development right. here for boys that they're they're just more, it's, it's takes fun. them longer to develop the regulator, right? right? Yeah, people just can't see two or three or four steps ahead whenever they're right. that young. That's and yeah. they can't estimate things, uh, risk, and they and they uh, they usually don't care. Mm. They just want the enjoyment for the moment. Yeah. And then alcohol consumption—that's the other thing—and mm. we've we've talked about alcohol in the past for other reasons. But alcohol consumption, would alter, which alters judgment, right? Um, and it increases. Uh, so it uh, makes people more sociable, but also increases risk-taking behavior. Right, mm-hmm. lowers those inhibitions. So I mean, the you know the scope of the problem is is pretty incredible. Um, and I I think one thing too that's sort of a misconception is that uh, at least sometimes I think you know when I hear drowning, it means dying from suffocation by the water, basically, right. or swallowing too much water. So. And it seems like there's actually a, a broader definition of drowning. So can you can you tell us how sure. drowning is actually thought of and how we categorize it? Yeah. So uh, drowning, we talk about fatal, non-fatal drowning. Uh, uh, so fatal drowning, uh, well, drowning, first of all, is just uh, the respiratory impairment. Can't breathe from mm-hmm. submersion or immersion. So submersion means all the way under. Mm-hmm. And uh, immersion is sometimes face down, yeah. uh, for instance, into a, a shallow uh, a level of water. Uh, so drowning is just uh, just respiratory impairment, can't breathe. Uh, fatal drowning, of course, is you can't breathe to the point to that you die. Right. And non-fatal, of course, is uh, anything from uh, uh, mild coughing and sputtering to uh, where you never stop breathing uh, to uh, all the way to uh, having to be resuscitated uh, uh, from, from, uh, from CPR, et cetera. Uh, so non-fatal drowning. So that's what we kind of talk about. Okay. In fact, in fact uh, the, it, you know, the, 
even though for kids, for instance, for, for youngsters, for every youngster that ends up in the emergency room or ends up uh, dying from every youngster that ends up dying, about seven or eight of them end up in the emergency rooms with near uh, drowning or wow. non- non-fatal drowning experiences. So uh, uh, so kids that are dr- uh, that pass away, but there are seven to eight times as many that don't pass away that have near de- near death experiences, in other words, near fatal drowning experiences. Wow, that's, that is... Uh... It's a large a chunk. lot, yeah, yes. absolutely. So, um, so we've got various types of drowning events, then, basically. Yes. So, what what are the different types of medical emergencies associated with these different types of events? Well, uh, so uh, the con- the conditions that lead to uh, may result in drowning. Uh, certainly, mm-hmm. uh, there are head head injuries and concussions. Um, uh, this is uh, uh, that. Uh, so the, some people lose consciousness. Some people just become confused. That's, mm. that's concussions that can result in drowning. This could be in the water, getting hit by a boat, or, or when people are goofing around, uh, you know, playing, uh, you know, uh, um, uh, on each other's shoulders, etc., and, and landing on top of each other. Uh, C-spine and injury, cervical spine. This is your neck. This is uh, from usually di- diving accidents uh, when diving into mm. uh, into a shallow area or into an unknown uh, rocky area. Uh, neurocognitive disorders. So uh, these are people, including people who drink and who are, but also people who are uh, who have um, are born with neurocognitive or, or old strokes, etc. So uh, these aren't these aren't necessarily pe- like mm-hmm. things that happen to you because you drown. Right. These are things that put you at more right, medical risk. conditions that put you at more risk That's to right. experience That's drowning. Right. Okay, all right, gotcha. Bingo. And pneumothorax collapse lungs. Uh, some people have spontaneous uh, lung collapse if they're thin and tall. Typically, that uh, they can have spontaneous pneumothorax and loss of a, a lung uh, in terms of its ability to to, to exchange oxygen and wow, carbon dioxide. Yeah. Embolism to the lungs. This is lung clots, and also if you're diving, air embolisms. Whenever you come mm-hmm. up too fast, whenever you're scuba diving, seizures. That's a big issue, especially seizures, mm-hmm. uh, even in bathtubs. And we can come back to that. Uh, there's a 20-fold increase of uh, fatal drownings in children and adolescents who have seizure disorder. Wow. And sometimes the first time they have a seizure is in, in a pool. Uh, so they did not know, it was not known that they had seizure mm-hmm. disorder. Uh, of course, strokes, uh, heart arrhythmias, irregular heartbeats that can put you at risk for drowning, heart attacks uh, whenever you're swimming or, or doing something around the water, fainting, and then choking. Mm. Um, you know, some people are, are chewing gum and uh, while, while they're swimming and, and having fun in water. Um, and then, of course, uh, uh, in the water, you can have injuries that happen to you, propellers, uh, floating objects. Uh, if, you're in a, if, you ever, if you ever water ski, there's floating logs. If you're in a river or stream, mm-hmm. uh, also flo- uh, floating objects. And then, of course, in oceans, et cetera, there, uh, there are bites and stings uh, that also are injuries that can uh, cause uh, people to drown. Wow. Um, can you can you talk about what happens in the body basically when sure. you know during a drowning when the body is deprived of oxygen or whatever's yeah. happening and it, it doesn't take that much liquid right to, no. okay that's right uh, when I had to look this up because uh, we hear people can die with a half a, cu- a cup of water or a cup of water and it turns out that's about right mm. for I calculate for a hundred pound fifty pound uh, person which is a we'll talk an average human uh, adult human so yeah. in, in other words uh, kids are much much less it only takes uh, maybe a shot glass and a half to, to, to two or three shot glasses uh, to to, uh, to drown um, so it's not you don't need a whole ocean of water near your lungs yeah so it does not take that much. So equivalent of what people would would potentially put in their mouth, uh, an adult would put in their mouth, is equivalent to if that went instead of to you your stomach. You aspirated that. Wow. Yeah, okay. it went into your lungs. Yeah. That would be enough to to cause uh, disruption of of. Uh, 
of um, uh, of your lung, your ability for for your air sacs, surfactant to, to which is a kind of a soapy film that's inside yeah. of our, uh, our lungs. That's enough water to, to kind of disrupt that, so that it makes it enormous effort for you to open up air sacs to to, to um, exchange air and oxygen, mm. uh, air oxygen, or carbon dioxide. Yeah, it doesn't take that much, and kids even less than than a shot glass or a half a cup. Wow, that's that's intense. Um, okay, so uh, can you can you tell us some more about like what what can happen to the body sure. um, in a drowning instance? So it depends on fresh water, uh, 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 sewage water, uh, and, mm. and and salt water. Yeah. Uh, but uh, so and uh, for fresh water. Uh, what oftentimes will happen if somebody is resuscitated uh, is brought uh, is uh, can breathe again, um, and actually any victim that's, uh, that's, uh, that had uh, uh, a, a non fatal drowning uh, should probably be observed for at least eight hours. So oftentimes in the hospital, because mm. what happens with uh, with fresh water uh, you can uh, which is what we call hypotonic compared to your your bloodstream plasma. Uh, you can suck uh, water from your lungs into your bloodstream. What does uh, hypotonic mean? Like in relationship right. to how the much, blood? How much stuff is dissolved? How oh, much, okay. How much, right. how much uh, salt, uh, salt is typically, the word salt is Got used it. differently, is dissolved so that you can actually uh, draw water from your lungs into your bloodstream. Mm. It could potentially lower your serum sodium um, and could cause potentially, uh, also it could cause, uh, because of lack of oxygen, uh, swelling in the brain and uh, so wow. that can happen uh, sometimes hours later. Okay. Uh, then in salt water, it actually is uh, uh, oftentimes it's hypertonic right. compared to your bloodstream. So it can draw bl- water out of your bloodstream, wow. which actually can flood your lung even more. Wow. Uh, so that actually, even though you may have had a small amount of salt water, seawater into your lungs, it actually can uh, can draw uh, fluids out of your uh, body into your lungs. So these people end up uh, having late uh pulmonary edema they have late mm-hmm. uh, uh fluid draw into their lungs and they can drown later so this mm-hmm. is why people have to be observed and once again because of low oxygen yeah uh, and uh, for these people who are uh, non-fatal drownings you could have brain swelling you mm. can have confusion you could have seizures etc yeah wow there are lots of mm-hmm. lots of complexities there what um like what what kinds of like life support is required in some of these various situations? Well, so initially, certainly, whenever there's a drowning victim, uh, the oftentimes just the same thing with heart attack victims, uh, they have to have receive cardiopulmonary resuscitation CPR okay. CPR. So uh, on the scene, uh, and sometimes even out in the water, and this is people who've been trained with basic life support and uh, and uh, advanced life support uh, techniques, and these are actually courses that people can take, and mm. I, I want people to take them, whether you hike or hunt or fish or boat or ski or, or, or anybody that uh, around the pools. Uh, we I would like people to have more medical knowledge, and yeah. it is a very empowering to do basic life support. It's a course that you can do in a few hours. Sure. Um, uh, a little bit of reading and uh, some practice, uh, some practical things. And advanced life support is like a whole day's worth of uh, uh, eight eight hours sure. for somebody who's not never had a, uh, such course. But they'll teach you uh, CPR, uh, cardiopulmonary resuscitation, which is those breaths and those 
heart pumps Chest those that you see those compressions that you mm-hmm. see on TV sure. um, and um, and they also uh, some of the uh, the AEDs the automatic uh, uh, defibrillators uh, the uh, these are the things that you see hung around schools and, and stadiums and right. stuff where you could pull them down and you could shock somebody's heart back to, to into a rhythm um, that's a whole that's a, mm-hmm. they teach you how to use that and, right. and uh, advance life support um, so there's stuff that the regular people uh, common folk that are not medically trained uh, that with a little bit of a few hours uh, mm-hmm. of education they can use these things effectively both CPR and AEDs and uh, so yeah so I think like to check my own understanding it's not as simple as like okay someone was drowning we got to get them out of the water and help them cough up the water right like that's not TV the, and TV in somehow, TV that's what the deal is they pull, right? they pull out somebody and right. they, lay, they put them on the deck of the, the right. pool or the on the beach and all of a sudden they do one or two breaths or they pump on their chest and sure. all of a sudden they kind of spit up a, a, a teaspoon of water and everybody's fine and, and they all get up and walk off and yeah, that's like not that brilliant that's, scene that's, in the sand lot that's not yeah. that, right that is not the way it works Okay, got it. So, I I mean, I think that's important to realize because, like, if you're, you know, obviously if you're going to be properly trained in CPR or something like that, but even just to know that more advanced medical care needs to happen after someone has a near-fatal drowning incident or a drowning incident period, that it's just not... It's not enough for them to cough up water and possibly start breathing on their own again. There, there could be many other things going That's on right. as well. Yeah, everybody with a near uh, fatal, uh, non-fatal drowning or uh, a near near fatal drowning should go to the emergency room because mm-hmm. they need to be monitored medically. Oftentimes, inpatient, not always, but right. oftentimes inpatient. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay, so um, we talked. You talked a little bit before about uh, you know pre-existing medical conditions that can put you at a higher risk mm-hmm. for drowning. Let's talk about risky situations now. And so, you gave me some really good information to delve through before having this conversation. And it seemed to me that the the risky situations sort of broke down into swimming situations versus non-swimming situations. Yeah. So when the goal of the activity is to be in the water versus the goal of the activity is not to be in the water. Right. So. Can we can we start with some swimming situations? That might that might be the more obvious one when sure. there's risk of drowning. Yeah, I kind of for me, I kind of think about it as as people have a bathing suit on and they expect to be uh, moving around in the water mm, like okay. swimming, whether they can swim well or not doesn't matter. But it's just that's their purpose. So kiddie pools. This is something that's extreme. This is mm. uh, this is one of the issues that we run into is that um, small amounts of water, relatively small amounts of water, for especially for adults, are not uh, that for for youngsters. Right. So you can imagine. Imagine a baby who's sitting in water uh, in a kiddie pool. Uh, the water is coming up, uh, you know, above uh, above their belly, for instance. Um, it doesn't take too much to topple them over, right. and especially if they don't have the ability to right them, right, right. get you know, get up or push off and right themselves. Uh, that's what happens in, in, in bathtubs, um, and that's what happens in uh, in kiddie pools. Mm. So um, so bathtubs, 100% of the time, you're watching the uh, the, the youngster. Um, even if you, uh, so you can't walk away because of a phone call. You can't walk away because some other kid is screaming because the dog, right. cr- cr- you know, crashed, you know, knocked something down. So that's the problem. This is the same thing with lifeguards. You always have your eye on the water, mm-hmm. even if you're walking away uh, or you're trading, uh, you're trading seats with another lifeguard right. coming up. You, uh, you know, you have, well, somebody's climbing up on the, on the stand. You, one person's always watching, watching the, the water, water. because yeah. that's, and we need to still talk about that. How fast, what, what, what TV and movie-like uh, scenarios, which do not happen in real life, right? And how, how what drowning looks like actually looks like, yeah. yeah. 
So okay. that's uh, so kiddie pools is, is a big deal. Bathtubs, like I mentioned, um, and this is, includes you know slipping and falling, whacking your head, and mm-hmm. not getting knocked unconscious, and and and, and just uh, in six eight inches of water, or eight inches of water, and drowning. Sure. Uh, hot tubs and jacuzzis. Uh, people faint mm-hmm. uh, 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 for a variety of reasons, including they're already on blood pressure medicines or yeah. have low blood pressure. Whenever you're in a hot tub or jacuzzi, or uh, a lot of alcohol. That's right, alcohol. Mm-hmm. You vasodilate. You open up your your peripheral blood uh, blood vessels in your in your skin and your muscle that's why people feel flush mm. um and uh, so drops your 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 uh, your arterial blood pressure and you don't get enough blood to your uh head is you're lightheaded most of the time you and i would just fall if we were just sitting outside in the heat we would you know we'd pass out we'd fall we may hit ourselves but unfortunately you're falling you're facing the water if Into there's the nobody water, yeah. if there's nobody there then you're in trouble like double um, jeopardy yep Yikes. that's the typical those are typical swimming situations mm-hmm. Um, so also, um, also we, we have unfortunate people diving and this is uh, a humongous issue, mm. but, uh, uh, whether you're diving off the side of a pool, off a diving board, off of a, off of a boat, mm-hmm. off of a dock, off of a bridge, off of a, a cliff or a bluff, um, you know, diving is, uh, um, it's not just, it's, it's the force of how you hit and right. you know, how you hit the water. Even even just a you know even just a few feet uh, you know ten feet uh, three meter board if you hit the water wrong uh, it will snap your neck right. uh, and uh, uh, and um, unfortunately once once your once your neck your neck is injured you become you immediately have weakness uh, if it's uh, to to four limbs mm-hmm. so that's how mm-hmm. that's how people unfortunately become quadriplegic wow, um, yeah. uh, so it doesn't take too much um, uh, and uh, so the other thing is. Plain old uh, people, of course, uh, snorkeling, scuba diving, free diving. This mm-hmm, is with mm-hmm. breath holding and going yeah. under. And what, what I used to do for fun and what a lot of kids do and what free divers do is hyperventilation then underwater swimming. So that's I'm going to talk about that for a second. Please. Um, you know, how, how our brain knows to breathe whenever we breath hold, voluntary mm-hmm. apnea or breath holding. How our brain knows to breathe is that our carbon dioxide in a normal person with as a non-smoker, their carbon dioxide rises. Not too much, actually. It's very little that triggers our brain to take a breath mm-hmm. what you do whenever you hyperventilate is blow off carbon dioxide so you get rid of carbon dioxide from your system um, and then you hold your breath so now um, uh, what happens is as the carbon dioxide goes from a super low level to a, to even just a little bit of a higher level your oxygen is dropped quite a bit Mm. So what happens, unfortunately, you don't get the urge to breathe mm. and you're underwater a few feet and all of a sudden you black out. You lose consciousness, yeah. And uh-huh. then you te- you automatically suck in a breath and you suck in water. Wow. So you're a few feet underwater, you've hyperventilated because you're going to want to swim a long way underwater mm. and beat your brother or your sister or your dad or your mom or your friend and you black out underwater. And unfortunately... Um, um, professionals do this and they can black out also but they have safe, uh, safety uh, safety sure. safety swimmers safety divers with them mm-hmm. and they do this professionally and so but the rest of us who do it for fun it's not like we get an urge to breathe it's we black out and our body automatically turns on our urge to breathe and we we, we suck in water yeah, and like really i mentioned it just takes a mouthful of water to to be sucked into your lungs to drown yeah that's uh, that that's crazy i mean i think it's important too to, to note that like you know anything beyond like basic snorkeling with a mask in a you know very like controlled area right this all requires like advanced training like days right. and weeks of advanced training to right. do safely and even still it's always done in partners right. and with safe safety equipment to make yeah. sure if you just breath hold if you normally breath hold without hyperventilating uh, so you've just normally breath hold and swim underwater that's not the issue right your carbon right. dioxide where it starts at a normal level or rise you'll you'll feel the urge to breathe and you'll squint to the surface mm-hmm. and take a breath it's whenever you hyperventilate 
light and then swim underwater, yeah. that's when we're in real trouble. Wow. And and there's no warning. That's yeah. the problem. You don't you don't really don't have a warning. And when and you can imagine too, like having a kid's brain thinking, oh, I know how to make myself not need to breathe. That's right. I'll do this thing to make myself not feel like it I worked. have to breathe, it and it works. It works, but at uh, at not a, realizing at, that's at, at gonna life, right, yeah, cause life, consciousness at a life threatening cost. Wow! 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 And this is what happens, by the way, when people are swimming under docks, whenever they're mm. racing in a lake or a pool or at a lake or or, or the ocean, and it's murky water. And then you can't see them. Whenever they black out, they don't right. pop up. You know, you don't. It's not like they float to the surface. Yeah, uh, that's uh, it's, it's not unlike movies. Yeah, that was some of the scariest stuff for me. Was lifeguarding at a camp in a in a right. lake with a, right. a murky bottom. Oh my gosh, I never wanted to do that again. Yeah. Um, I wanted to say one more thing about diving, and I think that you pointed out a really important point, which is that the the the, the main risk that we're worried about is not about you hitting your head on the bottom. It, it is a much it's much riskier for the way your your head hits the water right which can be like hitting concrete if it's you know at just the wrong angle right um, and then losing your ability to so get it back both, out from under the water as a guy who did hit his head on the bottom as a lifeguard okay <laughs> doing doing a doing a speed dive like you're doing for for a for a, for a race, race for yeah. a race uh-huh. off of a three off of a side i've done it thousands of times yeah. it was a th- it was a three foot it's a mm. three foot side i i did whack my and it felt like an explosion in my head wow. that's i mean that's what it felt like fortunately i it snapped my neck back but i fortunately i had no conscious loss of consciousness etc but as somebody who and i didn't slip and fall i wasn't mm. drinking etc you know i was a lifeguard at 16 and so it happens even to the best of us yeah. so that's the first thing but what you're describing is exactly what happens whenever people go visit mexico yeah it's yeah. the most most insane stuff I've ever seen. Yeah. Drinking and then and then climbing up to cliffs and and then uh, and they a lot of these people don't try to do head first obviously but even whenever they go feet first, yeah. um, uh, it is it is every one of them kind of uh, popped up grabbing their back and stuff yeah, like that. Absolutely, it's unbelievable. Yeah, it's not jumping off of twenty or thirty and forty foot uh, uh, and a lot of bridges are like that into rivers sure. and stuff. There is uh, even if even if you don't um, drown, uh, you, there's significant uh, potential musculoskeletal injury and ner- 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 central nervous system injury. I potential. think it's uh, it's it's very generous of you to um, say that this is what people want to do when they go to Mexico because I think this is what. Um, St. Louis Hoosiers want to do when they go to the Black River more sure. more likely than we've been lot, drinking all day on the Hoosa. Yeah. And we go down and oh my gosh, I've seen that so many times. People climbing up slippery right. logs and trees to get to the highest point and sure. jump off from there. And so often on those slippery surfaces too, they'll they'll jump off intending to go feet first, right. but their feet will slip out from under them right. and they'll end up landing on their back on or their going back. head first. Right. That's right. Plus the alcohol, it's just so dangerous. But so it's true. Fall, falls from any significant distance. Uh, the water feels like concrete. That's yeah. correct. And that's uh, people. Uh, people think that uh, uh, water will move out of the way. It will not. Not. Uh, it's an incompressible. Yes. It's an incompressible liquid. Uh, so. Mm. Yeah. Yep. Okay, so um, let's move on to some non-swimming situations. So sure. the, you're you're not wearing a bathing suit. The intention right. is not to be in the water right. during these circumstances, or at least not swimming and diving. Right, exactly. So, uh, people who who uh, become unconscious or head injury and then fall into the water. So it doesn't happen in the water, but they fall into the water uh, into the water if they're wa- working on the shores or the docks, etc. Uh, friends pushing you or falling in from shore, cliffs, docks, bridges. 
uh, boats, uh, including clu- cruise lines, and mm. we people mm-hmm. forget um, there's a, there's a uh, there's a number of people throughout the world that that fall off. Of, believe it or not, these yeah. mega cruise line ships yeah. they typically it's alcohol related, and uh, it's not somebody not or just so, risky behavior on right, a balcony trying right. to get a picture. <laughs> Absolutely. So uh, so the, so even being pushed and falling, mm-hmm. motor boating obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you know, uh, not only. Whenever people fall off of, whenever I, I once made a, as an experienced boat driver, I once made a severe turn with a boat that almost uh, sank the back end of it uh, just because I was kicking it and I thought it would behave like a car. It yeah, does not, does not, it does, behave, not. <laughs> does not behave like a car. So the nose, uh, the nose of the boat pop, went straight pop, up, and, up and then the, the I was back straight up, came down. Yep, yeah, it was not my boat. Yeah, uh, yes, okay. I almost, I almost buried the back end uh, underwater. <laughs> Uh, so all, almost all of us ended up in the in the drink uh, the, uh, by that time. Wow. Sailing, of course, surfing, windsurfing, skiing, jet skiing, paddling. Uh, it includes canoeing and kayaking and paddleboarding. Mm. All these people are not necessarily out to swim, sure. uh, but uh, can end up in the water. Right. And hopefully everybody that's doing this is wearing the right type of personal flotation device. We'll come back to that. Mm-hmm. Skimboarding, just floating down the river, fishing. And, you know, nobody fishing thinks that they're going to slip and fall into right, it. Right, absolutely. Ice fishing uh, and uh, and then uh, ice skating and hockey skating and uh, hockey skating on, 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 on rivers and mm, on lakes, mm. ponds. And then, of course, this is something that we, we don't talk about, but it's extremely important. Buckets and barrels. Yeah. Uh, this is uh, uh, people don't understand when a kid... Uh, flips headfirst into a bucket or a barrel. Uh, there's, there's no, and sometimes there's no way for them to, uh, to tip it, uh, right. uh, to tip it to get out, or to be able to turn around and put and and get their uh, get their head above their feet. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so this is uh, this is uh, uh, it's unbelievable to believe that people can drown in in, in buckets or barrels. Sure. Yeah. And I mean, not, I think most people probably have a five gallon bucket sitting somewhere sure. around their house, sure. and maybe you leave it outside in a rainstorm right. or something like right. that like those are just you know situations you have to be aware of that's right wow okay so um do you like do you um like next we're going to talk about kind of water characteristics and how mm-hmm. um how that works do you have any specific like examples of um you know patients or people that you know that have kind of been in any of these like non-swimming situations where well yeah. drowning is coming into play yeah i'll have to ask you the same certainly you know i um certainly the first person i knew that drowned was actually uh joe i won't use last names uh, but he uh, he was i was a freshman in high school mm. and the word was that he was smoking pot or whatever yeah. uh and out on on uh, i think it was his property his parents property it was it was an inner tube hanging out uh, one night um we're not we're not sure if he was suicidal or not but uh, then he was missing and unfortunately I was friends with the person who did the search and recovery and found him at the bottom of the pond. Wow. Uh, so it's, it's we don't know exactly what happened, but he uh, was drowning. Um, mm. um, another situation was uh, where people from uh, was Bruce. Uh, uh, he and his dad uh, were um, uh, at a Boy Scout camp mm-hmm. up in Canada. This is uh, where they teach you all sorts of safety and you get all sorts of badges for all these things. Canoeing with a with with a life uh, yeah. with a life uh, vest on. Um, canoe flipped, hit his head on on, on rock. 
Um, unfortunately, the, it was not a self-writing vest. Back then, we didn't have these vests mm. that popped your head up. So this self-writing or uprighting vest are, allow you, if you're unconscious, to, to for your head to be popped right. up. Right, yeah, yeah. Which is very important, as opposed to a lot of them that will just help you float. But if you're sure. face first... It won't flip you over. So he, yeah. ended, up, he ended up drowning uh, oh. also. Um, not, not, not because... Uh, not because of the head injury, uh, indirectly because of head injury, but but uh, but he ended up drowning. Um, uh, and probably the one I talked to you about the most is I almost drowned with my brother. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is, we were both preteens. I'm two older years older than my brother. We, my family was visiting my, 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 my cousins uh, in an apartment complex, so my mm. parents let us go uh, uh, to the um, because I, I could swim. I was a couple of years older; yeah. I could swim, but my younger brother couldn't. Uh, he would jump off the side and doggy paddle fat, furiously back to the side, and so um, so my, unmonitored. My two brothers and I went to this uh, unmonitored uh, pool. It's part of an apartment mm. complex, um, and I saw my brother jump out, and he couldn't level off, and so he could doggy paddle back to the side. Yeah. I was started laughing and I just jumped in and he grabbed me with a, I popped up next to him and he grabbed me and pushed me under mm. and uh, he was on my neck and my shoulders and uh, fortunately it was a shallow enough is probably in the five feet to six feet range uh, he pushed me down so my feet hit the ground and he felt me stop and he pushed off my shoulders and, sw- and pushed off to the side or else both 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 uh, both of us would have drowned mm. um, and I recognized underwater. Um, that that I, I, was, I was still laughing, and then all of a sudden I recognized because I was laughing that I was going to lose my breath, uh, and and then I recognized that I probably was not going to be able to pop up. So this is a split second because he had his you know mm. both his feet on my shoulders and both his hands around my head and my neck. So that's kind of that was kind of reminds me how quickly it goes from fun to yeah. losing two kids in a family. Wow, wow, that's well. <clears throat> Thanks for sharing that with us, Dr. Tadros. That's really intense. Well, that's uh, and, and we'll and unfortunately, and just back in 2006, not too far from here, I think it was the current river. Um, the uh, family lost f- uh, five family members. There were six people yeah. that passed away, and a friend. Uh, one one kid slipped on some rocks, uh, mm-hmm. and and was uh, and the, the current carried him down over a ho- deeper hole. And one family after another, f- f- you know, tried to go save the next person, and none of them could uh, swim. Wow. So they lost, uh, I think, five family members and one one friend. Uh, so six people drowned in one uh, during one outing. Wow. Once again, uh, this is uh, people having fun. Sure. Slippery, slippery rocks. Current, uh, uh, you know, water moving pushes yeah. you into deeper water. Just um, a c- cascading of bad events and situation. Yeah. yeah. And we'll Man. talk. We'll talk about. Uh, yeah, absolutely. What could have been done. Yeah. My, I, I just have, I have such um, a, a stark memory of, you know, I only had to jump in the water as a lifeguard a couple of times, uh-huh. and obviously that's the goal is to like keep such a good eye on people right. that. And keep behaviors under control that you right. don't actually have to jump in and rescue someone. That's but right. um, I was I was lifeguarding. I think I was 15 years old. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was a baby. I was lifeguarding at a really busy summer pool. There were there should have been two lifeguards on duty at all time, but we were understaffed, and mm-hmm. they told mm-hmm. us it was fine to just have one guard. And there were probably 30 kids in the pool. Mm-hmm. I was trying to keep an eye on at any point in time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, this, uh, I remember watching this one girl, she was like hanging out kind of in the four feet area and she was probably over f- four feet tall, very, mm-hmm. very tall and thin for her age and mm-hmm. just kind of like playing and bobbing around and, um, you know, just kind of like keeping an eye on her and, you know, you scan, mm-hmm. at, you know, mm-hmm. across That's and right. then back across and everything. And I scanned once and I scanned back over and I scanned over again and 
she had floated just from that four feet area into like the, the six feet area where mm-hmm. she was over her head mm-hmm. and she was tall and skinny and standing up in the water and not able to like float up out of the water. Mm-hmm. Thank God I noticed it because no one, there wasn't anyone around her saying help, help, help. And right. she couldn't say help, help, help or anything right. like that. Um, so I, I jumped in and, and got her over, but it has, I, I've always been just scared in those situations right. since then and very aware, um, you know, when I've taken kids that have babysat mm-hmm. or anything that p- busy pools like mm-hmm. that, like right. lifeguards are doing their best, but they are lots right. of times young people trying to keep their eyes on many, many different kids at once. Right. And so even if there's a lifeguard present, um, I, I just think it's critically important for, for parents and caregivers, babysitters, whoever, to just Keep an eye on your kids mm-hmm. as if you're the lifeguard on duty for those kids. That's right. It's not It's not the lifeguard. It shouldn't be only the lifeguard's responsibility to make sure that nothing bad happens to your kids. It can happen in a split second. The uh, pools are uh, uh, pools that are well kept where it's clear water and yeah, stuff like that are, sure. are the are this are probably the closest to the safest place right. uh, that are where they're being monitored. But I also said pe- patients, parents used to leave their kids with us for fi- back then it was fifty cents. Yeah, for fifty cents, yeah. 25, 25 or hour. fifty cents yeah, yeah. for for hour for, yeah. for half a day. Yeah, and absolutely. We, we made sure that the kids you know ate and didn't didn't yeah. di- didn't die. And it was we were the cheapest babysitters in town. Yeah, uh, but you're absolutely right. What people think is that they're passing off their kid to to, to people who will watch them as carefully as close say right. a mom or an uncle will yeah. or an aunt will and the answer is we can't right. um and uh so we get distracted we have we have multiple other you know uh, other things happening uh, with right. other people who are uh, everything becomes an emergency right um so um so i i agree with you uh, that's one of the things i I always want to, people to know is that what you and I talk about is head on a swivel, mm-hmm. um, and that that you're always watching the water, um, um, and you're always and the whether it's the bottom and you're anticipating. You look right, at people's right, eyes. Right, right. Yes, when, exactly. You, when you catch people's uh-huh. eyes, the panic mm-hmm. is an extremely important sign that you don't have to wait any longer. You should take action. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Ooh, okay, so um, we're going to talk more about prevention. I think, um, you know, this whole conversation about, you know, like non-swimming, non-swimming situations specifically, right. or actually but both both situations sort of brings up a really important um, p- point in risk assessment for, you know, any of these water activities, which is under like being able to assess what the water characteristic and quality is. Mm-hmm. So the temperature, the visibility, how quickly it's moving. Right. Um, can you talk about some of those different water characteristics and the risks that they pose sure. in drowning events? Yeah, obviously. Uh, there's. Um, I, I want people to, when, when we talk about, like I said, the pool is the easiest because non-moving water, typically yep. clear. Um, and it's, it's, there's Perimeters. There's, a, there's, a, it's, you know, it, it, unlike a lake or a river where you, you, don't, you have a, may have a swim area, but there, there's area outside the swim, outside the buoys, outside mm-hmm. the stuff like that. Right. So it's way outside that people sometimes uh, end up uh, getting stuck in. Uh, but so pools are the most controlled situation. Mm-hmm. Short of a bathtub is the most controlled situation. Uh, so that's the first thing. Moving water is a humongous problem that uh, that we, we we a lot of us don't understand. So this is. Uh, um, uh, uh, 
whenever you're at a beach, uh, there are uh, undertows. So whenever the water comes up a beach and then as it goes back down under, kind of swirls underneath, mm-hmm. uh, going back out to the ocean, that's called an undercurrent. And so people can get, depending on how, f- how steep the beach is, how, how, how fast the, the water mm-hmm. pu- pulls back out to the ocean, that can suck people uh, into a situation where there's a quick drop off right. and get into trouble pretty quickly whenever they think they're standing on the beach all of a sudden mm-hmm. the sand from underneath them gets swept away. Right. So it's the first thing. So that's, a, that's an undertow. Uh, and then there's rip currents. Uh, so we talk about these things. These are uh, uh, these are uh, w- cur- currents of water, kind of a column of water that's shooting straight out from the beach st- out into the ocean. So it's typically on the surface and it can run from anywhere from a half mile to several miles an hour that is pulling people out into the uh, ocean. So you, you're on a, you're, you're, paddling around you know a few a few yards from the beach and all of a sudden uh the you get into rip uh, rip tide or rip current and you get pulled out several hundred yards mm-hmm. out out uh, into the ocean uh for those uh, the old idea is to, to either relax if you're floating to relax and then once you get out there where it peters out mm-hmm. the it shoots you out a few hundred yards you can swim to the side and come back in or if you're being pulled out and you're afraid of being pulled out too far, to swim horizontally across it to down, right, along, along right. the beach as opposed to try to fight it to, to try to swim back into the beach directly. So those are the typical things. As a, uh, these are moving waters. What, can we can we say just sure. a bit about, so the, the sure. undercurrent that you're talking about, I mean, we live in St. Louis. There's not really a beach right. near here. So if you can, th- if you've ever walked along the beach right. and the waves come up while you're walking along the beach and you feel that sucking pressure pulling back and right. the sand melts from underneath your That's feet right. and you sort of sink down a couple of inches. That's right. The the, the force at which it's coming in at you mm-hmm. and then coming back out to sea is a lot stronger underneath there and the surface under you is not right, stable. stable. That's so right. that that's a huge risk with that. And then with the rip currents that you're talking about, so like along maybe there's let's say 20 feet of water along or 100 feet of water along the beach and maybe right in the middle mm-hmm. kind of bisecting it 50 and 50 right there's this current along the top right that is sort of like pulling much much harder along the top and can pull you straight that's out right. to sea that way that's correct so instead of trying to swim desperately back towards shore you're right. saying you either swim to the right or to the left to get out of that column of water that's right um, or or to just relax until it takes you to where you're going and then you can swim to the side of it again right. and then and then get back in. People don't understand. You and I walk, if we're doing a slow, lazy walk, about two miles an hour, a fast walk, about three miles an hour, uh, currents and, 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 and riptides and, 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 and currents and rivers are sometimes multiple miles an hour so that even if you're an Olympic swimmer, mm-hmm. an Olympic swimmer, the, sp- the fastest Olympic swimmer is probably five miles an hour. Right. Uh, so that's a that's a little bit of a uh, of a we're no match we're no match to anything that's the average person cannot swim even even close to five miles an hour right so and if they could they would do it for a few yards only mm. so the quickie answer is that 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 uh that you can't fight uh these currents and so this is whether it's a river or whether it's a mm-hmm. whether it's a, a rip rip riptide sure uh, so this is the problem we run into floodwaters right uh that's another big thing um Things are not like they seem. TV drowning and TV uh, things do not look like that in real life. So um, I want people to understand people are not yelling help, help, help as they flop around. They get a gulp of water and they're under and no bubbles, no nothing. Uh, especially if there's moving water, you they disappear, and uh, with a literally that's how fast it can happen. They get hit by a log, or they step, or they step into a hole if they're wading in a river or a creek. And they step into a, a deep hole. Um, it does 
not take anything for somebody to kind of go under and you won't see them and they won't be at the location where you last saw them because the water's moving underneath right right so if you're like if you're in a a stream or a river or something fast moving currents and waters can still be an issue just as much as very much so yeah Yeah. very much so it's uh it's uh it's um uh, it's incredible it's unbelievable how fast uh, 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 and this even happens in floods with cars yeah talk uh, about you know, that. six you know literally six inches uh, six inches which is oftentimes not even up to the middle of your uh, tire yeah. six inches is enough to to sometimes stall your car uh, and make it not have any traction uh, you know a foot which is you know up to up to the probably three-fourths of your um, uh, of your tire uh, not even half if it's an SUV or a big truck it's not even up there is enough to is enough to uh, to uh, uh, float your float your car your truck wow so uh, carry it away carry it away yeah. so that's it doesn't take that much um, and so and this is why whenever people are trying to uh, cross a fast-moving flooded mm-hmm. area uh, it does not. It does not have to be up. You know, up to the door, etc. Right. It right. could be just a six inches to a foot, and that's enough to. To uh, this is when you get swept away while you're still trying mm-hmm. to cross a, a flooded area, a flooded road. So it's really more a function of the movement of the water yeah. than it is necessarily the depth of the water. Yeah, the buoyancy okay. is unbelievable. Yeah, the buoyancy is is very impressive. You'd like to think it's all steel and metal, yeah. and, and you know, surely you know. And the answer is, it's it's. There's enough surface area to turn it into a right. boat right that's away. Right. Yeah. yeah, that's right. There's enough. There's enough force pushing against the tires and other parts of your car that that uh, you'll lose traction. And therefore, when you lose traction, it doesn't matter how fast your car spin, your, mm-hmm. you spin your wheels. And of course, you can flood your car also, where it's the engine stops. Uh, but then, uh, but then you're in trouble. Then yeah, the stuff that's right. the stuff that the, the the debris that's floating, you become also floating debris yourself. Yeah. yeah. Wow, that's um, that's crazy. All right. Um, what what other water characteristics are we looking out for? I know murky waters, cold water. There's kind of some special things to think about there. Right. So murky water, unfortunately, is uh, churned whether it's ocean or lake mm-hmm. or pond. Almost everything's murky compared to a, a clear pool. pool. In fact, if as you know, if you take just tap water and fill up a pool without without treating it, it's murky. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you have to have stuff settled and you have to have it filtered and stuff and before it becomes clear enough that you can see three and five and ten feet under. So uh, even tap water in big volumes is, is actually murky. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the uh, next thing. Uh, ice, uh, cold water, cold weather, cold water is a very special uh, uh, problem. Um, uh, so uh, a variety of things. If you accidentally fall through the ice or into a, into a frozen liver, a river or, or lake, um, um, what happens oftentimes is you that it takes your breath away yeah. and your muscles seize up. Mm-hmm. Your muscles won't want to to move. Mm-hmm. So that's part of the problem we run into. And then as soon as you're drowning, uh, what happens is if people can recover you, recover uh, the problem is is that now you're hypothermic. So they may start CPR, uh, they may start mouth-to-mouth resuscitation, CPR. But you actually, uh, by the time that the emergency room, we have to, they, in order, they have to actually warm up the body while they're still doing CPR, yeah. while they're still doing all these things. You have to warm up the body, a couple of special ways to do it. And the, the typical is, uh, core temperature is 37 degrees, uh, 98.6 degrees Fahrenheit, mm-hmm. about 37 degrees uh, Celsius centigrade is your core temperature. 
And so some of these people are get 33, 33 degrees Celsius or, or below. So you actually have to warm up the body while you're still doing CPR, right. while you're still shocking the heart. In a very controlled way, too, Very controlled right? way, yeah. right. Before you can say that somebody uh, uh, is, uh, is uh, deceased. Wow. Uh, because it turns out that the cold preserves yeah. brain and uh, activity and other organs. Uh, so you have to actually warm up the person and while you're still doing all these things. So, so it's, very, it's much more elaborate um, uh, and, and it takes longer time to, mm-hmm. to warm up the person, make sure that they're warm enough uh, before you call them deceased. And so it's very special. Um, um, and so this is why I have a, uh, whenever people walk, you know, walk across frozen rivers, yeah. uh, they, you know, they, 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 they play the ice skate, et cetera. So and it's, and it's hard, as you can imagine, where somebody goes through the ice, Oftentimes they will move as soon as they go through the ice. They move from away from the hole. Yes, and yeah. So if there's now, moving water underneath. Right, you're not in a pond or something. Right. I mean, it'll yeah, it'll right. carry you away, and there's no even opening to the surface. That's right. So this is a it's a humongous problem. Oftentimes there's some uh, air traps that the water levels uh, dropped, and uh, so there's there's a uh, there's a gap of air between mm. the ice and the water, right. so you can pop your head up and breathe. Uh, but it's scary stuff. Oh my whenever gosh, it happens. that sounds just terrifying. Right. Wow, yeah. it's hard, very hard rescues to to achieve. Also, absolutely. Okay, well, um, we've kind of talked through all the worst case scenarios and all the dangers and all the reasons why you should never even get in the shower again. But um, let's. (laughs) At least the bath. At least the bath. At least the bath. Okay. Um, so now let's, let's end with some empowerment. We always try to end our right. talks this way too. So what can we do? What are the right things to do to prevent these situations and to help ourselves or someone else if we find someone sure. in a dangerous down, drowning event? Uh, don't use floaties as, as, as personal flotation devices. These are fun things that these, these uh, little angel wings or whatever you put mm. on little kids' arms. Yeah. Uh, if you're using them, uh, you know, uh, be around uh, because if one of them pops off, yeah. uh, it's not going to be enough for the kid, to, the, the child or youngster to be able to float by themselves. Uh, people rely on these things so that they, they could plop them and they think it's a safety feature so yeah. they can let their kid float around and, and, just, and just doggy paddle around. But you still have to be there. If you use them, I'm not saying not to use them, but you have to be there. And they have to, the kids need to know that if they're using them, that an adult has to be there. It's not yeah, enough absolutely. that they can get in the right, water. Right, right. And just, uh, now the next thing is, of course, for all adults to use personal foundation devices that are mm-hmm. appropriate, that are sized correctly, that are appropriate. Uh, the ones that also, that, um, that uh, keep your head upright and out of water whenever you, if you're unconscious. Mm-hmm. So that's the next thing. Even if you plan to be in a, in a canoe or a right. boat or a, or right. a paddleboard where you have no intention, that's it's right. a non-swimming situation or so right. you intend it to be. Right. Having that personal flotation device on can easily mean the difference between life and death is something that's right. goes you're awry. On, you're on the water. That's yeah. correct. Head on a swivel for all uh, for all the people that are, uh, uh, you know, I want everybody to feel, be responsible uh, for, for the people around them. Yeah. Uh, even if they're strangers and stuff like that. If you're on a if you're on a if you're on a boat uh, with a bunch of people on a on a uh, on a barge or whatever else like that or a, a houseboat, you know, you're I want people to kind of feel a sense of responsibility mm-hmm. that they're watching watching uh, mm-hmm. you know people who are acting uh, crazily and stuff mm-hmm. and putting themselves at risk. Uh, buddy up uh, certainly whenever people are swimming or uh, snorkeling or scuba diving. Buddy right. up so somebody's always knows where you are and know where your buddy is at all times. It's not enough to get it's not be buddies and then somebody then part part ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, lifeguards are important whenever you can find them. Oftentimes lifeguards, especially in big situations like like lakes and, and yeah. oceans, oceans oh they, my they will not be the ones to see the person right. drowning. No. Somebody has to bring it to their yeah, attention. Absolutely. So that's the other thing is to, to make sure you have lifeguards and also use use your lifeguards. Um, uh, 
if you if you're an adult that's at a at a party and uh, for for kids parties stuff like that yeah. you're kind of taking a lifeguard responsibility mm-hmm. so the kids may be having a good time you may be having drinks but but the end result is you, you know you have the equivalent of a professional lifeguard responsibility yeah, for, for those kids I, uh, I think too like you know as like you're talking about assigning someone that lifeguard right. duty and that can be as simple as like hey I'm going to go inside. Right. You have the kids right, right. now. Right. And then in trading off, just making sure that, that there's never a gap in That's watching right. the water, and a gap in time. Unfortunately, you need to know who goes to the bathroom. And if, you know, if yeah. the people slip out of sight because there are other things to right. do or playground or whatever, you need to know, mm-hmm. especially if it's murky water or a lake, you need to know. That's the yeah. scary stuff whenever people are not, you're not, they're not on the beach. They're not in the lake. Right. Are they in the bathroom or right. where are they? So you're that's counting it. heads right. nonstop. Yeah. yeah. If the parents came to pick somebody up, you need to be able to voice it so that you know that there's a head count that just decreased and they're not missing. Absolutely. So all that stuff really, really matters a lot. Yeah. Panic is a problem. Panic comes from being unprepared. Mm. Uh, that's both the swimmers that don't know how to swim, mm-hmm. and the and the and the people who are supposed to be watching them that don't know you know where the, where what tools they have and or the the nine one one because a lot of people have uh, telephones, cell phones. The nine one one does not know where you are. Yeah, uh, it's, it's not it doesn't. So whenever we used to call from landlines, it was very specific. Right. Uh, if you never if you call nine one one and put down the phone and never talked to them, they knew exactly where you were. But unfortunately, with cell phones, uh, we have numbers from all over the all over the country that you know people don't change. Mm-hmm. So you need to be able to call nine one one that comes to your location. That's very specific to your location. Uh, that's very important. Um, and you could call your uh, your uh, your uh, provider, your cell t- your your cellular provider to figure out how about your nine one one. The the obvious thing which we could have started with is reach, throw, row, and don't go. So that's the old thing that we used to sell Mm -hmm. people. So it's whenever whenever somebody's drowning, that's near the you know within a few feet of the shore. You could reach out. You could throw out. You could reach out with a stick. You could reach out Mm -hmm. with 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 your with your beach towel and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. You stay safe, but you throw uh, you reach it. Throw you throw them something that floats, whether it's a cooler or a life preserver and stuff like that. Row out if if you're in a boat and it's a boating situation. You could row a motor out. Uh, don't run over people and then but don't go yourself this right. is this is what happens unfortunately we want to prevent and if, if it's not prevention and something does happen you want to reach throw and row but don't go but do call for help right, uh, you always yeah you need to be able to have and it's always important to assign people right uh, you know exactly. so to be say point to somebody and say call you 911 because yeah. yeah. if you say call 911 to 30 people yes nobody's going to feel responsible exactly. so yeah, yeah that was always a huge part of the that emergency response system right. uh, training as a lifeguard right. you know you're you're taking care of the immediate situation you're saying you go call 911 that's, that's right. very critically important yeah and so uh and uh like i said uh any place there's water buckets of water to mm. uh, to, to, to bathtubs to 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 uh, to uh, you know oceans mm-hmm. um is a potential for people to uh, to drown right. uh, so and of course the point of us talking about this is not to scare people no. and deter people from enjoying the water being no, around water it's just about awareness if you find if you find yourself in a situation where you're assuming nothing bad can happen and right. you're coming to the inc- the conclusion that there's no risk there that's right you're not going to be expecting it and you won't be prepared when it happens that's right so, uh, and uh, and uh, by the way i tell people you know if if somebody's missing uh, you know, while you're having somebody check the bathrooms or check the, if they went home or whatever else like that, somebody needs to be looking at the water immediately. It's, yeah. it's not enough to go check for five or 10 or 15 minutes and then decide to go look at the water. Right. So, and, and people, kids, um, they've, they've actually done studies about 
about fencing that yeah. is around is around the whole house and the yard and the and the pool. So the fencing is uh, versus fencing that's specifically around, around the, the pool. pool. Yep. And there's a there's something like an eighty four percent decrease risk of drownings if you have a fence that's specific to the pool yeah, versus absolutely. just a fence that's around the whole yard and the whole sure. house. So you you need to maintain the the fence, make sure the la- doors latch automatically, the doors close and latch behind because that's all. I think throughout the United States, the the rule is that you have to have um, swimming pools fenced off on all four sides. Mm. Uh, and so it's also, uh, and you need to be aware that um, 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 kids, you know, uh, because they felt comfortable because they were with you and they yeah. did use floaties, they'll want to, you know, they they're curious and they right. they don't they don't understand risk and so yes. they will want these are toddlers they'll want to be back in the water, uh, you know, wh- wh- no matter who, right if anybody's watching it's fun or not, and it feels good and they're not a, they're that's not right. long term thinkers. That's right. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's right. Thank Absolutely. you. Absolutely. All right. Yeah, this is great. Um, We're going to be posting some, uh, you know, some more information and resources in the description for this podcast. Again, reach, throw, road, don't go. Um, That's from the Red Cross. We'll post some stuff from the CDC as well. Um, This is, I feel like, more prepared to be a parent and also to, you know, enjoy water this spring. That's right. Yeah, it'll be Thanks so much. Yeah, it's, everybody should become a lifeguard at least for a summer. Yeah, it's a it was it's a good experience. At least it'll teach you like responsibility, responsibility, and how to clean up a really disgusting bathroom That's every right. now and then. Use, so, a, use a hose. Life skills, yeah, definitely. All right, um, we thank you so much for listening to us again. If you want to give us any feedback, shoot us an email at notyourdocpod at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, follow us on YouTube. Um, we've got a great season coming up for you, and we're excited to be here. Yep. Thanks, Dr. Tadros. Thank you. Happy New Year. This previous podcast represents my opinions and the opinions of my guests. This is not medical advice and I'm not establishing a physician-patient relationship with any listener. The content here should not be taken as medical advice. The content here is for informational purposes only and because each patient is so unique, please consult your healthcare professional for any medical questions that you may have.